0: Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you.
1: Thanks very much for joining us to the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about the things that matter in the world of financial services. I'm Brandon Russell, online writer here at IFA Magazine, and joining me on the podcast today is my co-host Jacqueline Wilson.
0: And thank you, Brandon, and welcome to IFA Talk. We are delighted to be joined today by Angus McNee, who is the CEO of Valid Path, part of the Rimble Group. Angus has over 20 years experience and has helped hundreds of IFAs and IFA businesses to operate and thrive across the UK. More recently, Valid Path launched its succession solution as the alternative to consolidators and a do-it-yourself option for those advisors looking to sell their business and retire. With over 50% of advisors seeking to retire in the years ahead, today we're going to discuss the dynamics of the marketplace and why Valid Path launched its independent succession solution. So thank you very much for joining us today, Angus.
2: Yes, thank you, Brandon and Jack. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Lovely and lovely to have you on. So why don't we jump straight in and start with Who is ValidPath and why is
2: independence so important? Yes, thank you very much. Um, Perhaps uh, at the outset, just to correct that, um, of course, uh, it is ValidPath that has um, supported hundreds of IFAs and and we continue to do so um, with my involvement. But uh, uh, ValidPath has a history sort of going back 20 years. And what it is, is the network for independent financial advisors uh, that for over 20 years has supported uh, hundreds of businesses and hundreds of IFAs around the country to, to operate and thrive. And uh, the reason why independence, you know, is so important and so important to Valid Path, in fact, our company mantra is uh, independence is everything, uh, is that independent financial advice, uh, you know, in our belief, you know, is the best framework to support positive client outcomes. And indeed, positive client outcomes, you know, is one of the most important things that we're all sort of striving for. So uh, independence uh, is so important uh, because it. Helps facilitate uh, the, the the best opportunity to provide uh, a good outcome for for clients.
1: Focusing in on that, then, what compelled ValidPath to launch its succession solution?
2: Uh, interesting. Well, as I said, for for twenty years we've been the network for IFAs, uh, supporting them in in their business um, with the basic uh, infrastructure that they need to to, to operate as regulated. Uh, businesses, um, and when we looked at the marketplace, uh, what was available for IFAs that resonate with certain values like independence and and treating customers, uh, you know, with the most um, uh, broad of market uh, 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 portfolio options, um, we did not recognise or see a solution in the marketplace that could work for an IFA seeking an exit or retirement solution. On one side of the the fence, you've got trying to do it yourself, which can be very uh, difficult, um, particularly if you're a specialist in financial advice, but perhaps not an M&A specialist. Um, the, the ability to access finance is very prohibitive. Uh, the personal security that you have to put up, you know, again, you know, is quite um, straining. Um, alternatively, on the other side, working with a consolidator may not be particularly appealing for an IFA who really values independence and and providing the best for their clients and their staff sort of into the future. Uh, so when we looked internally to what matters to develop Path members and to that subset of the market who really believes in independent advice, we did not see uh, a, a compelling solution in the marketplace and that kind of led us to develop our, our succession solution. And um, in a nutshell, what it enables us to, to do is support a vendor uh, to have a capital event, a liquidity event uh, and retire on their timeframes, uh, while supporting the transition of ownership in their business and the management of their business to the next generation of financial advisors uh, and we sort of support and and package up the entire uh, end-to-end process if you like from the regulatory and operational transition to the support of the uh, successor manager uh, to all the finance um, so we're really looking to provide a, a turnkey solution to help facilitate that and you know for our phase for whom you know, client outcomes and maintaining those relationships is very important. Um, you know, We feel it's a very sort of compelling and necessary solution uh, in the marketplace where otherwise an exit event may be predicated on a thumb or platform consolidation move. Um, and many IFAs find that challenging because they've been saying one thing for many years to their clients and they want to be able to look them in the eye when they're walking down the street <laughs> post-exit uh, and not have to have said something that's perhaps detrimental to the client to help facilitate their Retirement, um, so yeah, there are many of the reasons that made it sort of compelling for us to to kind of build it. And equally, we do see in the marketplace snippets of solutions. You know, you can get a bit of finance here, or maybe a broker can help you over there. But there's no one who's really piecing it all together for the IFA to really kind of take them, from, you know, from from zero to ten, so to speak, and then sort of support the ongoing servicing and and maintenance of those those clients.
0: Good, good. And it, you mentioned the consolidators there. Angus, um, and there are, you know, the M&A businesses that we know of out there. But could you talk us through some of the challenges that IFAs might actually face uh, when they're looking to sell their business?
2: Absolutely. I think it's very important. Well, the statistics say that amongst small business owners, um, about half don't really have an exit plan. And, uh, you know, as other people would say, it's very hard to get where you want to go if you don't know where you're going. Um, So, you know, a challenge is being very clear personally, you know, what they would want to achieve and when they would want to achieve and what may dictate that, because often what is not considered is the opportunity cost of not taking action, you know, there may be a little bit of pain now and that's perhaps hard to sort of deal with but of course, that's to save some greater pain sort of in the future. So I think, uh, you know, just getting very clear on what you want to achieve personally uh, is kind of very important. Um, But then, as I said, uh, how do you go about achieving it? Uh, And one thing that we've seen in the marketplace is there haven't been this viable option for an IFA who wants to sort of maintain independence and wants to kind of continue their business operating in a way that uh, has been consistent with how it's operated in the past. And some of the participants in the marketplace You know, have different motives. So for example, the majority of brokers in the marketplace will look to charge both the buyer and the seller. So who indeed are they working for? Whose interests are they looking to protect? If they're compensated on the consideration, they're incentivized to get the highest price. But that is contrary to perhaps what a buyer might be looking to achieve rather than reaching some kind of middle ground. Equally, the value that they add may only be an introduction, but they're kind of creating some, you know, uh, extortionate fee model to support, you know, uh, the way they want to look at things, um, and ultimately there might be sort of a buy-side rep for a consolidator anyway. So I think you know uh, an IFA will face a challenge of who are the people that I want to be doing working with through this process, and it's very important that they find people who are kind of aligned to their process and aligned to their uh, aligned to their outcome. And then you come down to the practicality points. Um, if you directly authorised, it is most likely that an industry buyer or financial buyer will not necessarily want to have that uh, ongoing direct authorisation, you know, as part of their sort of pro forma business structure. So that will involve some type of novation and transition. So again, thinking those through in terms of how it impacts, you know, PI runoff and how you're managing liabilities, how you're communicating to clients, um, and how you're managing all those transition aspects is kind of very important. Um, and as I said before. Often, if it's not tied to a transaction, there may be some effectively out of pocket expenses to support that kind of transition. Um, And then, therefore, that's sort of harder to sort of get your head around. Um, However, you know, if you had a a two to five year exit scenario, you know, it may be perhaps far greater uh, and more advantageous to make that move now. And that's one of the reasons why we've um, launched an initiative which we call internally Ready Now or Ready Later. And the whole Ready Later uh, piece is. We can recognise that some people want to go on a journey that might see them retire and exit the business in say five years, and we say, well, let's start that process now together. Uh, and if they're directly authorised, for example, they're able to get back onto our infrastructure. Or we take on board all of the regulatory uh, responsibilities, all the compliance responsibilities, enable them to focus on getting their business uh, humming and very efficient um, and growing, and then that can be far more sort of advantageous, um, you know, for them when they come to that sort of exit scenario. Um, so I think you know it boils down to being very clear on their objectives, um, understanding who are the people they can kind of work with uh, and perhaps not working with someone who isn't sort of uh, you know aligned with you. Um, and then, you know, being sort of realistic where the business is and where it needs to be for sale.
0: So with ready now, ready later, Angus, this is something that you can help IFAs with.
2: Absolutely. So if, you know, if a vendor is looking to retire or exit immediately, and when I say immediately, that might be in the next 12 months, um, that is something our independent succession solution can help facilitate so they can effectively achieve an exit, do a client transition, hand over the business, and then have that capital event both upfront and over a period of years while transitioning the, the, the ownership and the management to the, the next generation. That's what we sort of term ready now. And if it's ready later, it might be someone who perhaps has a slightly longer time frame. Maybe they don't have an identified successor manager. You know, maybe they're looking to... Plan over the next one to five years, we're able to again support them make the transition to our infrastructure. You know, which is perhaps one of the most sort of efficient operating in the marketplace. Um, you know, really get clear with them on their uh, retirement objectives, help get their business in shape, help sort of identify and embed that successor manager with them, and then when the time is right for them, you know, they're able to sort of pull the pull the trigger, so to speak, and then sort of initiate that transaction where the capital event will occur. That the full management responsibilities will sort of transition, and then they can sort of phase uh, you know phase out according to their sort of uh, objectives there. Um, and for us, that's important because often one of the coming back to the, to, to the question, the challenges is we may perceive the best way in our view to help help the vendor help the FI, IFA get where they want to go. Um, but sometimes for them, of course, it's, it's more emotional, uh, it's more um, personal. And so perhaps they don't have that kind of clarity. So often with the ready later, it's about really getting clear on where they would like to go, um, identifying that where the people to help kind of get them there and then going on that journey together so that ultimately they can kind of make that transition in a very sort of smooth, smooth way. And just a way to sort of visualize that, sometimes people hold a limiting belief to why they can't do something. So for example, oh, I can't retire now or the next 12 months because I don't have a successor manager and therefore I need to find one before I can consider my exit, or you know, I, I can't. I need to go DA because that perhaps gives me some more options for um, exit. When in fact that's not the case. And you know what we would say is, well, they may not be true. So for example, using the ready, ready uh, later analogy, we can start the wheels in motion to work together to help sort of finding the successor manager. In a way that has already sort of done uh, a good majority of the work prior to you actually then initiating the the exit sort of transaction and therefore this idea that you have to wait to find someone before you can even start thinking about it is in fact not the case Uh, and that's sort of a big part of the process as well it's removing the barriers that in fact don't exist so we can help get people to where they need to be uh, in a more effective and smooth way
0: you are listening to IFA Talk IFA Magazine's weekly podcast Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram at IFA Magazine. Uh,
1: Stick into the advisor's point of view then. If they are looking to sell their business, what can they do?
2: Well, I think um, it's very important, as I said before, to get very clear on what your objectives are, you know, and what you need. Um, we have certain, um, you know, individuals, vendors who will approach us and say, um, you know, being a little bit facetious, but, you know, price is not the most important thing. You know, I really just want to make sure my clients are taken care of. Um, or, uh, you know, it's extremely important that um, I give this particular advisor who I've sort of mentored over the years, you know, a chance to sort of be that that sort of leader. Uh, and that'll be very sort of personal to the individual and their particular kind of circumstances. So they need to get, you need to get very clear on what's important to you and what your objectives are. Um, and equally, what you might need from a financial perspective, you know, is there a particular goal you need for that exit that will help you uh, kind of get you where you want to go? That's the first thing. I think the second thing is getting very clear on where you are. You know, we would all like to maximize value and achieve all the things that we want to do, but there is a bit of give and take there, isn't there? So, you know, if, is it realistic to achieve these things Um, and, and what may be required to support a particular kind of commercial evaluation objective that you may have. So having a real kind of appraisal of where you are, Obviously then thinking about, you know, who could be a potential successor or potential buyer? you know, Do you have one identified? Is it someone internally? Could you do an MBO? Would it be a, a local kind of trades there? Would it be an industry buyer? Do you need to work with someone like Valid Path who can kind of support you through, through the whole piece? So having a real sort of appreciation of that market and what may be important to them. So for example, um, Consolidators, by definition, their business model is to consolidate revenues and assets onto a certain platforms and product, regardless of what they may put on the uh, on the brochures. Um, so, if maintaining your client's independence is absolutely core, uh, it's clear to know that perhaps with a consolidator that may not always be possible, and therefore you need to look at, at another option. But equally, you need to know what's important to them. You know, most buyers will have certain metrics, whether it's uh, profitability. Uh, recurring income, uh, demographics of clients. So you need to kind of have some appreciation of what they're gonna be looking for. So you can then start getting your business in shape, getting your business in shape for sale. And that includes, um, uh, you know, some some basic housekeeping, getting all the management information kind of together, um, you know, uh, making sure that um, all your systems are up to date and, and the data is are readily available. Uh, and then you're then in a good position to evaluate and engage with, counterparties uh, who uh, share your values because I think that's ultimately going to be the, the best route to um, uh, to having a successful sort of transaction uh, is is working with people who share uh, common values and have a, a common outcome.
1: We are coming towards the end of today's episode. I was Just one last question then. What is your vision for Path and its impact on the advice sector?
2: Yes, yes, very important. Um, well, I think just to put a few things on the table, um, for us, we've started thinking about redefining independent financial advice differently. Um, It's about having authentic independent financial advice because we're finding that many people are calling themselves independent, but in fact they make incremental margins when clients are migrated onto their own platform or their own product. And as, Uh, Charlie Munger, you know, the vice chairman of Berkshire said, uh, show me the incentive and I'll show you the outcome. So for us, um, not only is independent financial advice important, but authentic independent advice is important. Uh, And authentic means you obviously have no other incentive other than supporting the clients in their best interest. So, you know, a vision for Path, you know, is to be the shining light on the hill uh, in one respect for authentic independent financial advice, because we feel that's in the best interest uh, of the client. Um, Secondly, alongside that, you know, we feel that the way the industry is operating today, though it isn't in, in a period of uh, transition, is very similar to the way it operated the last 20 or so years. And that involves a, uh, an advice process predicated on, you know, a, a fact find, uh, an attitude to risk assessment, if you're independent, doing some research, putting in place a recommendation, implementing it, and then order to keep charging, doing an annual review. And all of that is based on static engagement, static information. And if you've got good technology, and if you've got a handle of information and data, our vision is that you can transition from a, a static advice process to one that is dynamic. And it's predicated around having information that is updated in real time or as near real time as possible from live data sets. And if you can do that, it enables you to manage for client suitability on, on a more ongoing and regular basis and that's not to say you're doing that to sort of tweak things but it's doing it to really embed the value of the advisor and at the end of the day suitability is absolute key for achieving good outcomes and for managing risk and if you've got a technology backbone that can help you go on the path towards a dynamic advice model you should be able to deliver better advice at lower risk so very much putting technology at the core of our business is very important so that we can support a dynamic advice model uh, in the future and probably in summary and wrapping all that up it's it's really looking to support IFAs and clients to the greatest degree that we can. I think historically, the financial service industry and the financial advice industry has centralised around what's in their own interest. Retain and grow fund, being a business model, get them on my platform, charge them my fees, see where we can uh, take a margin. And most other industries, particularly ones that are consumer driven have the one the people who win are the people who focus most on the customer, deliver the most compelling products, add the most value. And, and that's certainly everything we do is to look to do that uh, more and more over time. And we feel that's sort of a winning sort of proposition, you know, for IFA's winning proposition for clients and ultimately should be on, on, on the right side of the ledger between defining the past and and the future with obviously Valorpath uh, on, on the future. So we sum that up as authentic independent financial advice and a real modern network one that's really trying to serve, uh, support IFAs and clients in their best interest versus the best uh, interest of someone else. Putting that into the marketplace, we can deliver some good outcomes for, for people by delivering good outcomes for IFAs. And, and that's that's our vision. Angus, thank you so
1: much for coming on the podcast today. You've made some really interesting points. I'm sure it'll give our listeners quite a lot to think about. I'm sure they'll check out Barley Path, which will be linked in the, um, the write-up for this podcast. So just to say thanks to everyone that's listening and thanks again to you, Angus, for your time today. It's been really interesting.
2: Thank you very much, both of you. Appreciate it.
0: IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research and whatever necessary legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.